Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, a co-founder of the Right Club, and I am joined today by Catherine Nelson-Riley, our wonderful operations manager. And Catherine, this is part two of our interview with Ken Beckenham. I am so pleased that we have him on. He's got so much knowledge and information and so much fun to listen to. He's got a lot of information to share, all kinds of opportunities he has. There's opportunity everywhere. But on top of having the information that's in this second part of the first, second of two parts, you can also catch him on the first Saturday of every month at 10 a.m. on Hamilton Radio 900 CHML, where he has Building Hamilton with even more information on what's keeping up. Right. So... With that, let's go to the interview, part two of the interview. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to it. And in part two, Ken dives deeper into all the opportunities that are out there about housing creation and how we can reuse and repurpose housing. So let's go. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. But, but yeah, like I've done projects and I have not notified my lender that I was doing significant changes to it. Some lenders know what you're, what you're planning to do with the property and they're okay with that, right? You know, well, especially a private lender probably knows that you're planning to tear the house down. Like, well, and especially if you've just bought it with the express purpose of developing this, then obviously that's going to be part of the conversation that you have with whatever lender it is you're working with. It's yeah. probably more the existing mortgages. If you have been in a place for well, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and you have a mortgage and you decide to put in a basement suite or two suites or whatever it is, then probably gets a little more I don't want to say difficult, but certainly worth going to your lender and saying, hey. Well, no. So like if you're just a, like only really if you're going to remove the house. Oh, okay. Okay. If you're doing a basement apart or you're doing like any other like building permit application for improvements to that property, you'll have to inform your lender. Okay. No requirement there to say, hey, hey, CIBC, you know, I'm putting in a stacked laundry and a concrete walkout to my home. There's no legal requirement to inform them. It's only if you're going to be removing the asset. Okay. Okay. Demolishing the house. Right. All right. Or well, demolishing perhaps three quarters of it, leaving up two external walls or something like that. They might want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Honestly, again, you know, talk to your mortgage broker and your, your lawyer. So do you get into funny situations? Like when you were talking about ceiling heights and things, and all of a sudden it flashed into my mind. I remember going through one basement in a property that we were looking at a number of years ago. And the headspace in the actual basement itself was, I would say, a good seven or eight feet. Like, it would have fit the requirement, right? There's no question. But that the entryway was like, like a hallway, right? It was not seven feet, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Does that fall under, like, minor adjustments? Like, what the happens there? Or is it a case of, okay, we really got to lower this floor to take care of this, I don't know, two meters of entryway to get into the actual living space? I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, so what people have to understand is that we have zoning bylaw requirements 
to comply with, and we have building code requirements, right? So the zoning bylaw you know, applies to the land, the use of the land, the location of structures on that land, you know, the amount of landscaping or lot coverage that is on that land. That's what the zoning bylaw, you know, it can, the bylaw can dictate the size, the gross floor area, the size of the structure on the land, how many parking spaces may be required. The building code applies to the building or the house itself, the structure of the house itself. And that, you know, that will determine, the building code will determine the, your minimum ceiling heights, right? Your means of egress, the size of the windows, how much natural lighting you require, building assemblies, fire separations, everything to do with the actual building itself, not the stuff outside of the building that has to do with the land, okay? And yes, like obviously a ceiling height like we talked about before, but for an entryway, you know, there, there are minimum widths for entry doors. There's minimum widths for hallways. There's minimum ceiling heights for our means of egress. There's minimum heights above stairs for exit stairs, exit corridors, and so on and so forth. So yeah, like it, you know, and for houses that are, are buildings that are older than five years old, we there we can follow part 11 of the building code, which allows us, it's for, it's called compliance alternative. So we're allowed basically reduced requirements or the code for houses or buildings that are older than five years, right? So Maybe if it's a newer house, we need a wider door or a wider hallway. But you know, if it's an older house, we may be, be allowed to have this smaller, more narrow width. So obviously, it has to be looked at by somebody who understands the building code, trained in the building code, understands architecture, all that kind of stuff. Like obviously, your BCIN designer or your architect or even a professional engineer uh, who knows the code as well can help you determine. That's what we do here with our company. And that's part of our assessment of the property. So making sure that we can comply with the building code. Everything under the building code is possible, okay, to comply with, but not everything under the building code may be feasible for your project, right? And I right. mean, it's from a cost perspective that it may just be too costly to comply, right? Because ultimately, if you think about it, you could ultimately demolish the house and build a brand new structure on the land and comply with building code, right? That is possible, but that may not be feasible from your budget. Which brings up a really interesting point that you just talked about architects and designers and all the rest of it. Tell us about your team. Who do you have on your team? Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, like so our team continues to grow. So we're an architectural design consulting, design, build, manage kind of construction company. Okay, I'm an investor myself. I started out investing first and then I got into the architect. Like I, I'm a, actually... My background is in landscape architecture. And then when I got into real estate investing, you know, I started doing my own floor plans and drawings and CAD work and permit submissions for my own projects. And then obviously through that, I started helping many other investors. And this is how the company formed. So we've been growing and growing. You know, every year we're adding, you know, new designers to our team. Right now we're sitting at about 14 designers. And, you know, some are located right here at our Hamilton office. Others, you know, are actually, we do have a team of designers in Brazil. I have a designer in Syria. I have a designer in Scotland. So coming in many, we're almost like a global, global design company, if you will, but we're based right here in the heart of Hamilton. And that's what's great about, you know, designing and CAD work. It is, can be done remote, right? We're using design software. And so, yeah, so yeah, this is what we do. We help people get those building permits, you know? 
any sort of construction project or redevelopment or intensification project requires a building permit, right? And you have to be able to comply with zoning and building code and so on and so forth. So that's what we do, you know, and so we do everything up to the committee level, committee of adjustment level. So your minor grants your lot severances, we do, you know, building permit applications, but we're not certified planners. Okay, so I can't take somebody through a rezoning or zoning bylaw amendment where they want to change the permitted uses of the property. Um, so like if you, you know, if you have a property, it's zoned for a triplex, but you want to build a tenplex on it, you know, that could trigger a zoning bylaw amendment. And this is where then I would defer you to some of our certified planners do that type of kind of higher level planning approval work. But I am a developer myself, so I do really understand kind of the development side of things, the, uh, the planning side of the business, if you will, the official plan, the secondary plans, really helping people find the highest and best use of the property. But, but yeah, I'm not a certified planner. So, so definitely want to reach out to a planner if you're doing any sort of larger, more intense development work. Okay, here's the question of the day. What's Ken's favorite type of project to work on? Because I know you get all kinds of projects, but if you had, you know, your druthers, if you had the choice to work on any project, what would that be? Well, it's a great question. There's two parts to it. There's the, what's great for the business, right? And what's exciting for me personally. Well, let's do you personally, because you know, business is business. Come on, let's talk about you. What do you like to work on? Well, what's really getting me amped up and really excited these days is really the larger, more intense development work, you know, converting larger buildings. You know, for instance, we've been doing a bunch of commercial to residential building conversions. So we're taking vacant commercial buildings, you know, maybe it's 10, 14, 20,000 square foot buildings. And we're adding, you know, to be 15, 20, 25, 30 apartment units to these buildings. And those are more, will be what I, I would consider more complex conversion projects. And there's a lot more moving parts and a lot more considerations when you're getting into the larger, the larger, more complex projects. And so that stuff is just really exciting for me because I'm learning a lot of new stuff about, you know, adaptive reuse projects and more, and more intensive you know, intensification projects. But then there's the land development side of things as well. I'm working on a, it's two phases, but phase one is a 34 stacked townhouse development in the Brantford area. So that's a land development project that I'm working on, you know, and yeah, I'm working with certified planners. I'm working with civil engineers, working with architects, you know, working with a whole host of, you know, consultants, a condo lawyer, feasibility consultants, cost, cost consultants, all sorts of consultants we work with on the large development stuff. Phase two of this project is another 34. So total, it's a 68 unit stack townhouse development. Now it's like for me, it's exciting because I'm learning so much by getting into some of these larger developments. And like myself, I think the future is in housing creation, not housing renovation. You know, we should be creating new units, not just renovating existing stock, you know? And so, yes, obviously adding a secondary dwelling unit and additional unit, you know, coach houses, yeah, you are creating units, but you're still, it's still a renovation to an existing building, you know, whereas land development, or infill development, you know, you're actually physically creating more housing, more units. And that's what we need to be doing as investors and developers and up and coming developers is we need to be out there looking for the land, looking for the space, looking for the green, all the grass, looking for double wide lots, looking for deep lots, looking for old, old structures that can be demolished and new, bigger ones created. 
that is where we are heading over the next number of decades here. When you're investing, you want to be going to where the puck is going. Where's the puck going right now? It's going for increased housing units, right? It's going into the missing middle, these low rise, you know, three, four, five story, six story, you know, developments, right? Townhouses, stacked townhouses. Like in Brantford here, my project here, stacked townhouses is the very first stacked townhouse development in the city of Brantford. They have, you know, street towns and road towns, but this is the first stacked townhouse. Like a stacked townhouse is, you have a main floor uh, and the basement is one condo town. And then you have the second and the third floor right above it is the other condo town. So those stacked units. And we need more dense development work, right? So that's what's really kind of getting me excited. I'm also working on a, an adaptive reuse project of a, of a church. So, you know, repositioning, you know, unfortunately it's sad because a lot of our churches are closing down, which is a whole other conversation. Exactly. But, uh, but we're making, we're repurposing this beautiful heritage building. And, you know, in this case, we're adding six apartment units to it, six luxury apartments in this converted church. So that's also really exciting because I'm getting exposed to heritage buildings, right? And preserving heritage buildings and what's all involved with that. And, you know, obviously when you're getting into a heritage building, there's heritage impact studies and reports and assessments that go along with that. And you have to preserve certain elements of the building. And in some cases, there could also be archaeological studies, you know, that go along with that, you know, in regards to the history of the land. And so that's been, a, you know, another you know, huge learning curve for me is being able to work with the indigenous communities. You know, my, my townhouse, my land development project, you know, we, cause we're here in the city of Brantford, very close to the Grand River, you know, surrounded by, you know, indigenous communities, you know, we had to get an archeological study. And obviously, you know, through that process, we're consulting with, you know, the local indigenous groups, Sikh Nations, Mississauga, the New Credit, Hudasani. And, you know, for me being, yes, I'm a white, young, male, right? Um, and so for me, being able to kind of be able to kind of speak and, you know, learn from these groups about, about land, the, you know, the history of land, you know, the uses of land. And as a developer, that's been really eye-opening to me, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm very naive about stuff, you know, I don't fully understand the history or maybe not even fully appreciate the history of where we are here in Ontario, how we got here. And, you know, I'm not advocating for any sides here, but one thing that's been a real blessing to me is being able to truly learn and understand the history of buildings and land and everything that's happened before I even got here. So it's been really cool learning that stuff. So, and this is what happens when you get into, you know, larger, you know, more complex projects is the education that you get by doing it. Well, I, yeah, I can just hear the passion in your voice and the excitement because that, that sounds really like there's a lot to learn and a lot to know. And like you say, we're all naive, I think, when it comes to the uses of land, the historical uses of land. And I don't mean just modern history. I mean, it's going centuries back and what happened. And I love the idea of converting churches. I see so many beautiful old buildings, whether it's a church or not, right? Even old schoolhouses, school buildings, there's so much that's out there. These are beautiful, be beautiful buildings that it's a shame to just knock them down. Although I can imagine when you get into some of these buildings, some of the issues that you might find, the plumbing and all the rest of it and, and the wiring and oh my goodness, how about the, the insulation of which I bet often there is none. 
And this is what's great about real estate is that, you know, real estate has been a thing for since the beginning of time. There's always been land and structures and buildings. And sometimes we as, you know, current modern real estate investors, we think that we're the only people in town. Um, right. And we're the only ones who know what's going on. But like, look, there's generations and generations of people before us that have been doing real estate development, land creation, building structures, construction, all of that kind of stuff. So it's really humbling is what it is. It makes you look like you're just a small fish in a really big pond. And that should really keep people humble. So as I scale up and as I get into bigger projects, honestly, the more humble I'm being forced to get humble, you know, and be much more appreciative for all the stuff that has been done before, you know, before I showed up in town, right? Yeah, that's true. There's, yeah, it, we all, I think we all have to take some lessons from that because being humble and being open and learning, it's, you know, that's when we all benefit, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, you know, look, it's very challenge for, you know, real estate investors, especially newer real estate investors coming up, you know, like everything is about social media now, right? You have to get videos, you have to get content. You always got to be out there. It's very, you know, can be very ego driven, you know, to, mm -hmm. to make yourself look good. Obviously there's clear business benefits to it. You know, like that's obviously I'm pushing a lot of stuff on social media lately and creating content because yes, it does feed my funnel for, for design work and building the business, but it can also lead to people, you know, building up, you know, a big ego about themselves. Right. So if you're out there and you think you're king shit, you know what, get into land development. You know, you're going to be humbled because you don't know anything, right? You don't know anything about anything. And there's like huge big boys out there doing crazy stuff in land development. And yeah, like there's so much to learn about this stuff, right? So. Well, on that note, we're going to go to our lightning round. <laughs> so four questions. You've done this before. You've been on the podcast before. Just first question or first answer that comes to your mind. And Catherine, you kick us off here. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Okay, Ken, you've got such a huge history behind you, but what is the one attribute that, you, that has made you successful? Uh, really, it's been my curiosity curiosity to learn uh, and to figure out, to figure it out, right? Just being curious by nature has really led me to where I am today. You know, why do I sit there and I read through boring, boring bylaws on my couch in the evening time? Because I'm curious. I'm like, hey, like, what can we actually do here? You know, and learning out building systems, like, you know, construction technology, figure out how a building comes together. You know, whether it's a small little wood frame house or if it's a big concrete and steel, you know, apartment building, learning how the stuff comes together has really led me to where I am today. And that was also giving me the confidence of me sitting here today and doing what I'm doing. Knowledge 
breeds confidence, but knowledge breeds competency. And when you're competent in something, that brings confidence, right? And when you're confident in something, people want to be with you. They want to work with you. They want to invest with you, right? Because it's attractive. Exactly. You're attracting people to you. So that's the way to do it. So that's curiosity. Be curious. All right. All right. Here's the next question. You have a young son. What's one thing that you would like him to learn from what you do in real estate development? Now, I don't, whether or not he goes into real estate, that's totally irrelevant. But what would you like him to learn? What's the one thing you would like him to learn? Well, 100%. I want him to be a civil engineer. (laughs) To learn civil work, grading, drainage, stormwater management, (laughs) roads, sewers, all that kind of stuff, you know? Why? Selfish because I'm getting into development work, you know, <laughs> great to have my son on the team, but, but look, we need more engineers, right? We need more civil, structural, mechanical engineers. So anybody listening, like if you want a career path, you know, get into engineering. But well, we also need more plumbers and we need more electricians and we need more carpenters and like all the trades, right? We need more. Any <laughs> trades or, you know, professions, you know, involved in housing creation, you're going to have a very bright future in front of you. All right. Wow. I love that you've got such curious tenacity that just kind of goes all the way across everything. I love it. So um, taking a little bit of a left turn, if you are able to have some downtime because you are juggling a lot and you have for many years and you can tell the passion that you have for it, but when you are taking some downtime, what is it that you like to do? What fuels you up to get you keep going what it is you're doing? Great question. I mean, a couple things, you know, midweek stuff. I really enjoy looking forward to cutting my grass, you know, being able to come home, jump on my, I have a nice zero turn lawnmower. I live on a farm. Okay. So I got some acreage here and jumped on my zero turn lawnmower, you know, cracking maybe a nice craft beer and just cutting the lawn for a couple hours. Why? Because it brings me peace. You know, I can kind of settle my mind. I can see the before and after of my lawn after it's cut, nice, clean, straight lines. And, you know, it relaxes me. Or it's like many other people just being with family, right? In my case, we go to the cottage. Uh, We have a cottage up north, a family cottage. We also have a boat in Hamilton Harbor. And so just being at the marina, being on the water, surrounded by other boaters, just relaxing, enjoying nature, right? So that's that's what I really enjoy doing. Nice. All right. Here's your last question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received from anyone about your real estate business? Yes. Very simple. People who deal with the most shit or crap win, you know, problems or profits. It's creating solutions, right? People will pay for people who solve problems, right? The world rewards those who come up with solutions, new technology, whatever it is. Problems or profits, you know, those who deal with the most shit win. And I see that with myself. I see that with my business. The more that I can help people solve and figure stuff out, the more well-off I'm becoming. Good for you. I love that. (laughs) All right, Ken, where can people reach you? What's the best way for people to reach you? Yeah, the best way to reach me is obviously online, whether it's Instagram, Ken Beacon Dam. I'm the only Ken Beacon Dam 
on planet Earth. You Google my name, there's no others who come up. So Ken Beekingham, Instagram, Facebook, Ken Beekingham. You can check me out on my website, legalsecondsuites.com. And that's our second suite business. Yeah. And just connect with me on there, on my website. If you would like a consultation or would like to set up a call, you can book a free consultation, free property assessment as well through my website, legalsecondsuites.com. So definitely, I would love to hear from you guys. Reach out. I love talking with new investors. I love looking at properties, seeing how we can add more units and yeah, creating more housing. All right. That's it, folks. Then you've heard it here. Reach out to Ken, all kinds of ways to reach him. And thank you, Ken, so very much. It was fun. It was lively. I learned a lot. And uh, hey, we'll have you back soon, I think, because you've got a lot. I think you've got a lot more stories under your belt there. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks again. Wow, was that ever awesome. I just, there's so much information and Ken's enthusiasm just bubbles over, but his knowledge and his curiosity is, his curiosity is, it, it is tenacious. And he, that's what drives him is to be curious about all the different details. And if there's a challenge and how to solve it and how to make it work in that creativity that goes on, it's just awesome to listen to him. Yeah, it really is. So I would suggest to anyone who is in the Southern Ontario region, if you want some help, some a free consultation, as he said, just reach out to him. Meanwhile, we have come to the end of part two of this interview. And again, if you haven't listened to part one, go listen to it. It's well worth your while. And thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to go to therightclub.com. Join us there for all kinds of free information that you can use in your real estate investment journey and give us some pod love there and let us know that you enjoy the podcast because that will help us reach other people. So until next time, go on out there, invest in real estate and customize your life. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.